H2H Playground is officially open, but only until February 1st. This is where you get to become the lawyer you dream of being. Access to H2H Playground includes the H2H Fundamentals Masterclass, where I teach my proven method for voir dire, opening, and closing step by step. Plus, you have access to monthly live training with me and our amazing team of coaches. Plus, you'll get your mindset right and have countless opportunities to practice your skills in a safe environment before trying them on the actual jury. Go to sorryswears.com forward slash play. Sorryswears.com forward slash P-L-A-Y. When you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Well, welcome everybody to a special episode of From Hostage to Hero. We are in the middle of our launch for the playground, the H2H playground. And I thought that you all might want to get to know some of the people you'll be working with. We are here with our coaches that coach in the H2H playground because it's not all just about me. And they also do a variety of other things outside of the playground, but in H2H world that you're going to hear about today. So you're going to learn a little bit about our coaches, but you're also going to learn about some of the top questions they get inside the membership that will be helpful to you because they're going to answer them right here today on this podcast. How lucky are you? So welcome to our H2H faculty. Um, I'll just name them here quickly, and then we'll talk about each one of them. We've got Jody Moore, who's out of California. We have Junho Hong out of New York, and we've got Cydia Gutierrez out of Las, uh, why say Las Vegas, Nevada, I guess would be the place. But when I think of Nevada, I just think Las Vegas. Um, and then of course, Coach K, who is here with me in Oregon. All right, but he's in a different room because we, we do that weird stuff, yeah. Okay, yeah. so we're gonna start by learning a little bit about each coach, and then we're gonna, we're gonna field some questions. We'll start with Jody. Jody, tell us a little bit about you and what you do in the membership. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm H2H faculty. I have been practicing law in Southern California since 1997, and I have had my own business since 1999. I'm currently in a partnership um, with a couple of other attorneys, and we practice primarily in the field of elder abuse and nursing home litigation and uh, general catastrophic injury, but really 95% of my practice is elder abuse. And I found my way to H2H. Actually, sorry, our paths crossed many moons ago at a take back the courtroom with Rick Friedman in Miami. And we sort mm -hmm. of um, kept in touch over time. And my path back to H2H and back to sorry was at the beginning of the, the pandemic where I leaned into the pause as per your invitation. And here <laughs> I am. Um, and you haven't gotten rid of me. I'm like a barnacle on the side of the H2H boat or something. Um, H2H butt. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, and we're so glad for it. Yes. Thank you. So you want me to go into what I do in the crew? Yeah. Okay. So I wear several hats in the crew, but my um, passion is sort of trial strategy. So I lead a case workshop and case roundtable. Um, 
session. Um, every month there's a case workshop and the next month is case roundtable, so we go back and forth. And that means that anyone who's in the playground can bring a case issue and workshop it. If it's in the workshop, you'll actually get a hot seat. We work one-on-one -on -one for 15 or 20 minutes about whatever it is that you bring to the workshop. And we also sort of source the wisdom of the group. So anybody who's there will chime in um, in the chat feature. I'll ask them questions or they'll come online and add their insights at the end. Case Roundtable is a little bit more of a free-for-all. There's no hot seat. You just show up with whatever your burning question is, and um, I will facilitate a discussion with other members of the, of the group that show up for a Case Roundtable. I also do trial consults. So you can hire me to do a trial consult on either voir dire or opening, or you can combine the two over two different consults. And those are half-day sessions, and we go over essentially how to create an issue-oriented voir dire in one, or how to create your opening using the H2H template or the H2H method, and um, brainstorm your case. And hopefully by the end of those sessions, you will leave with a workable uh, voir dire or workable outline for your opening. And finally, I am a mindset coach. So I do mindset coaching individually. I can, you can buy a one-off trial mindset coach if you're just gearing up for a trial and you need a little tune-up to face that uh, dragon, as it were, or to face, go into that battle or you can buy a coaching package and you can coach with me over a six month period um, and extend it as long as that relationship is meaningful and working for both of us. And so you'll hear more about mindset, I'm sure on this call that I'm available for mindset coaching as well. Fantastic. I don't know how you have time to have a regular job as a trial yeah. lawyer when you do so much at H2H, but um, this is, she's all in on H2H. We're all in on Jody. We love her. Um, Jody will also be joining June and uh, uh, coming out to Portland in the fall for trial lab. And they will be working as consultants in, in future trial labs. If you don't know what trial lab is, you can go to our website and check that out. It's a week with me and three mock jurors and Jody in June. So um, we will three come back to Three mock juries. Juries, yeah, Yeah, exactly. not just three mock jurors. Three mock juries. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank yeah. you. Um, so let's go to, uh, well, before we go there, I will say that Jody's hot seats, uh, it's not sellout because you, you don't pay for them. You pay for your membership and then you get them. They, they go within an hour. I mean, people want to work with Jody. She's fantastic. And um, those hot seats in the playground, for those of you wondering how that works, any hot seats that are available are available third um, Friday of the month before the, the next month so that you can grab one one-on-one. -on -one. But even if you don't get that one-on-one, -on -one, you're in a group, but you get to be the one being worked with. Even if you don't get a hot seat, you learn when you come. But that brings us to Junho Hong, because he's going to talk about what he does, which does not require hot seats. June, tell us first about you, and then we'll hear about what you do in the, in the membership. Sure. All right. So I am Juno Hong, aka Coach June, and I am a trial lawyer out here in New York. So I am senior litigation counsel over with the firm of Parker Wakeman, and we do basically everything from the simplest car crash to the most complex med mal products liability and everything in between. And then we also have a huge mass towards department. Um, so it's it's really interesting because I get to see a lot of lot of issues that probably many attorneys would never get to see in their entire career just because of the volume and the, the, the different number of cases that we have and the variety we have. How did I find, sorry, well, the story goes, I stalked her. 
<laughs> you totally did. You and Christy, uh, although she she says she didn't, but yeah. Well, I won't deny it. I did stalk, sorry, in a non-creepy <laughs> way. But um, when Sorry came out with the podcast, some of the first initial episodes where she's talking about how, you know, if we're the lawyers going from CLE to CLE, watching DVD to DVD, book to book to book, I was like, is she talking to me? <laughs> it was so spot on. It was me. And so ultimately, um, it really resonated. Sorry's message really resonated with me. And I knew deep down inside, it's like, I want something different. And when I jumped on and really went all in with H2H and sorry, it's basically, it was a revelation that, wait, it's not that all these different strategies that are out there. It's like what sorry teaches us from mindset. Also with also the H2H method. I was like, that is actually the key that opens the lock for any strategy. So that's why I'm like, I just fell in love with H2H and everything that is sorry, Delamont and the whole the whole crew. Uh, let's see, what do I do in the H2H playground? So my main thing is the voir dire learning lab. I also do trial consults as well. Um, but within the voir dire learning lab, I mean, I love voir dire. I really, really love it. I believe because it's not just voir dire. I think how we go through creating a voir dire through the H2H method, it applies to everything not only everything in, in trials, but mindset wise too. So it's really, really awesome. And uh, the, the learning lab is where we all come together. And it's not like I am saying, okay, here's the instructions, this is what you do. It's where we get to go and play and practice and everybody gets to really, really try things out. And we just experiment with things. And sometimes we fall flat on our face, but that's what I love. It's like, guys, I want you to fail, fall flat on your face and just keep doing it again because I want us to really get used to feeling good about quote unquote failing, right? Well, we so, always say fail in the playground before you fail in court, right? Fail right. here. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So I, I think that was it, right? That's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We love our, our Junie, as we call mm, him. Yes. And now we go to Cydia, who we also love, Cydia Gutierrez. So tell us about you. Thanks so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. Uh, I'm Coach Cydia. I am a high-performance leadership coach. I help leaders who want to help themselves with overcoming their overwork and overwhelm to avoid burnout and love the life they built. And I can tell you, I could not have done that without H2H. Uh, I am also a personal injury attorney here in Las Vegas. I'm entering my 13th year of practice. So for some of you guys, that's still not a long time, but for some of you guys like, oh my gosh, how did you make it that long? I'm, I'm not sure, but I can tell you that the last couple of years, H2H has played a huge role in that. Uh, and with H2H, I have become a certified mindset coach. And so that is one of the hats I wear here in the H2H playground. I do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. Uh, we've done with Coach K, uh, we did a mindset mastery that we did last year. That was really amazing, small group coaching. Uh, but within the membership itself, you will see me posting non-verdict victory videos on Tuesdays to celebrate all those amazing wins that you have. And uh, the other thing that I get to play around with is opening statement learning lab. It is a come on in, drop in, and we're going to write an opening statement in the next 
90 minutes kind of a thing. I walk you through all parts of the nine part template. And the best part for me is I get you on your feet. You're going to be standing, you're going to be playing, you're not going to actually be in front of your laptop, uh, typing up all these things, you're going to have your flip chart behind you, I'm gonna have my flip chart behind me, and we're going to play and then you're going to present that small portion of your opening if you want to, because you're always at choice here. And you get to have some feedback from the group instantly, people are amazed when they're like, wow, I can actually write an opening statement in 90 minutes like yeah you can and guess what it's not going to be more than 30 minutes long. So it's pretty awesome. And um, yeah, those, those are, those are all the things. Yeah. Except for the greatest story about Cydia who thought life coaching slash mindset coaching was the biggest bullshit thing ever. And now is a certified coach because uh, she came into our world um, because it, quite honestly, it is in a lot of other industries and a lot of their coaching um, modalities. I, there are some great other coaching ones, but really CTI is fantastic. And that is what she um, ended up going in as all of our coaches are. Um, so we love her and so glad she's here. And Kevin, this guy, I guess I love yeah. him too, because I'm married to him, but Kevin, I hope so. tell us a little <laughs> bit about you. So I'm the lead mindset coach in the playground and I, I, I oversee the mindset stuff. It's, it's my thing. It's my jam. I absolutely love mindset work. I have uh, clients. I have a full, actually, full stable of clients. Sounds like horses. I have a full mm -hmm. group of clients, but then I also work within the membership. And I work in the main monthly mindset call. So Sari will do her monthly call where she trains. It's a training. And then I take that concept and I bring it into mindset coaching. And it's group coaching. Everybody comes in. I don't have hot seats, but I do coach. So we get into a group discussion about, I teach, we get into a group discussion about the particular topic. And then we, I start picking people for coaching and it's wonderful. It's group coaching is one of those things that it's, it's, it's fabulous to facilitate and it's fabulous to see the transformation in there within the group of people. I do that once a month. And then the next thing I do is I do mindset office hours. So you can come in with any topic, anything you want to, and we will coach through it. And we designed at the beginning, do we want this to be a group collaborative or do you want me to coach you one-on-one -on -one and everybody turns your mics and cameras off? But it's more loosey-goosey, but it's really so that you get access to coaching from your perspective completely. And that's what I do in the membership. I, I love it. I get a, a coach all the time and I get to, to mentor and be a part of all these people that are learning about mindset coaching and be a part of mindset coaching, being able to be threaded through every single place every single piece in h2h playground it's it's fabulous. that's why we require that all of our coaches have mindset training in h2h because <clears throat> we do it permeates it goes it's it happens in case workshop it happens in case roundtable it happens in opening statement lab mm -hmm. and by the way all of the coaches here tend to rotate in things so sometimes city will be taking the mindset hours or sometimes june will be in an opening statement so you'll see them all in there i in the membership do a live training every month and i also do wadir circle where we practice the wadir that you've created um, with one of our coaches you're actually doing it and we're we're pretending to be jurors and i also do presentation skills coaching where you take the opening that you created with one of our coaches and you actually deliver it with my feedback. So if you're counting, that's eight things we have every single month. And there's oftentimes special things too, um, at least two things that you can do to help create the elite trial lawyer that we know that you are, but you won't get there without practice. So 
let's talk a little bit and show off our coaches and that they know their stuff because they so fucking do. And they've all submitted a couple of questions that they tend to get in their sessions. And so I'm going to throw out some of these questions. Anyone can answer, but I'll tell who, who, who um, said the question. And so we'll just talk about this. So we'll start with some of the things that um, June tends to get in Wadir open or Wadir lab or in his consults. And the first one I just had to laugh at is, what questions should I ask in Wadir? <laughs> and how do you answer that, June? I mean, my natural response is, well, what do you want to know? That's right. That's right. And it's really interesting because what I get in response to that is they actually don't know what they want to know. Mm-hmm. Isn't so that the truth? A pause and they're just thinking about it. And I said, well, let's get clear on what we want to know then what principle, and we work down the funnel and so on and so forth. So that's step one, get clear on what, what it is that you actually want to know before trying to figure out what the question is that you should ask. Right. Which I think is what's so different about the Wadir method. Well, different. Does anyone else have a Wadir method out there? I don't know that you could call any of the things out there Wadir methods, even if they exist, but What's so unique about us is that we know what answer we're going to, so then we can design the question. So it's not about, you know, gimmicks where we're going to get them to say that thing. It's we hope someone holds this belief. So how do we find out if they hold this belief? Well, we design the question. But as June just pointed out, if you don't know what this belief is, we can't design the questions. And that's such a big aha for our members to be like, oh, and so they start thinking, they start reverse engineering it, which is so, so point, so helpful, but it is absolutely true that people go, what what should I ask? What do you want to know? So simple. Um, June also said that uh, a lot of the times we're working the H2H method that you get the question, well, wouldn't that be objected to when we come up with an answer? So how do you answer some of that? Give us an example of something that they think might be objected to and then what your answer is to that. I mean, one of the big ones, well, there's two. One of the big ones is whenever we do the design alliance. It's like, oh, I don't know. Aren't I going to get objected to? And look. Tell people what the design alliance is in case we have new people listening. That is, yep. So the design alliance is basically where in the very beginning of the voir dire process, we're basically designing how we want the voir dire process to go with the jurors. And we enroll them in deciding how they want the process to go as well. So we're basically saying, you know, uh, we ask them if they're willing to have a conversation with us and we kind of lay out the caveat saying that, you know, there are certain, we can't talk about evidence and certain facts, but we're gonna be talking about principles. Despite that, are they willing to still talk to us? Um, And then finally we say, look, we ultimately don't have the final say. Sometimes, you know, the defense attorneys, they also have, a final say to decide whether or not you want to be a juror or not, or whether you get to stay here to be a juror or not. And despite all that, we'd still be willing to have this conversation with us. And it's really, we're trying to give them their autonomy, right? And it's all goes to the whole scarf model and everything, which I won't get into that. That's, that's, that's going way deep, deeper than we well, need to. Jurors are <laughs> hostages. We'll just put it that way, right? Yeah, so we're go. trying to reverse that at the beginning. Yes. Yeah. And, and so the, the objection part is what? What do they think they're going to get objected to? Just the whole, well, mostly about the part where he said, okay, so I want to know if uh, if you want to be a juror and uh, you get to choose to be a juror. And then people are like, oh, the judge is going to be, no, no, no. 
they don't get to choose for some aspect of that part of the design alliance or even the part where you say, well, the defense attorney, he's going to say, uh, he's going to have a say in whether or not you're going to be a juror in this case. And then, you know, members of H2H are like, I don't know if I could do that. Doesn't that throw the defense under the bus? And blah, 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 that could be objectionable. I said, isn't it true though? Mm. What's objectionable about it? Really? What's so objectionable about it? That it makes the defense look like assholes? Because they are. <laughs> <laughs> in many cases, they are. Cases, yes. And, yeah. and that's, I think that's a, a good point is, isn't it true? You know, I was just uh, finished a podcast a couple of weeks ago where I was talking about um, the things that you can do to overcome some of the objections of the funnel method and the things that we're talking about. And in that podcast, I said, and, but don't stop trying this, right? We don't, the defense doesn't get to make the fucking rules, right? We have a say too, just because they object doesn't mean they're right. So, so yep. you're absolutely right. Is it true what we're saying? Yes, it is true, right? That we, you have some say, defense has some say, and, yep. and you're going to tell us your preference and we're going to try to honor that preference. Those things are all true. They're true. Love that. Jody, some of the questions that you got were, uh, well, let's, let's go to one that is very related is you'll be doing a consult and they'll say, well, I don't have Wadir. So what now? Because we know in H2H, Wadir is the cornerstone of everything we do. So, so what now? What do you say to that? Right. So, well, typically when I do a consult, they're selecting in advance whether or not we're covering voir dire or um, opening. But sometimes we'll get something that's limited, like we're in federal court and I'm limited to 15 minutes. I have very limited voir dire. And they're still here for a, a voir dire consult. And so what I believe is that when we focus and go through the H2H method and the process for constructing a voir dire, what we learn in that process, we use throughout the whole case. And so I'll give you an example. When we start the H2H method to determine or to develop an issue-oriented voir dire, we start with a fears list. So what are our biggest fears in this case um, and how might they come up? And, and then from there, the next step in voir dire is, well, what would a juror believe that would um, totally uh, um, mitigate that fear, make that fear go away? Well, those fears come up for a reason, and it's probably because they're the defenses that we've been hearing about the case the whole time. They're just like a battering ram, right? And so we're going to use that in opening when we start talking about the challenges section. And we're obviously going to prepare our case in a way that sort of makes it bulletproof against that defense. Well, there's no way we can really do that if we don't understand going all the way back, what is the origin story of that fear and what is the principle that our case is really about? What is the foundational principle of our case that makes it righteous that we're going to build the story and build the evidence upon? So even if we don't have the voir dire process itself, I start in the exact same place and then we use the information and the knowledge and the wisdom of going through the process and plug it into opening statement and figure out how the evidence is going to come in. Exactly right. I mean, it's just such a great point. And I know June is experimenting with using the voir dire process on cross and direct exam. Of course, we'll share that all with you as we get that going back back here. But it's such a great point is that understanding what your case is about really starts with what you're afraid of. And if you have voir dire, we let the jury, you know, help us with that. But if we don't, it's still valuable to inform what we're going to do and what you're, you also get a lot of questions on, um, 
pre-existing conditions and, you know, something you don't like about their client, like your, their, your clients are like, what, 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 how do I deal with that? Like, and that's always a situation in these cases that's pre-existing and, or my client is unlikable in some way. What's your yeah, answer the, to that? The more I do these consults, the more the theme comes up, right? So it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's sort of a theme of blame the client for whatever reason, right? Blame the client because they were non-compliant. Blame the client because they have a pre-existing health condition. Um, blame the client for their lifestyle choices, right? Like it could be um, out of control diabetes, it could be alcoholism, it could be obesity, right? And so these issues are coming up and it's like, how do I deal with that? And there's a couple of, there's a couple of different ways. Superficially, or I guess sort of a knee-jerk reaction could be, well, here's the funnel, right? Or here's how we're gonna put it in a funnel. But I actually like to back it up a little bit uh, again and say, what's the real fear here? Because if we don't, under, like, well, my client was obese and so therefore the jury is not gonna like them. Okay, what's the real fear here? And so the, oftentimes we can back it up in a way that it becomes a mindset issue. Like who's actually got the mental block? Sometimes I found the mental block is coming like the um, attorney that I'm working with is putting that block out there um, maybe more substantially or in a different way than it might be received. And so we have to do a little bit of mindset work around that first. Then if we're just talking about the, the actual skills, I, I believe there's building blocks to get to that issue. So like um, I consider that sort of part of a, a damages funnel, if you will. So like what are lawsuits really about? They're about accountability. And accountability for what? Causing harm. And so how do, we, how do we feel about our system being designed for accountability causing harm? And is that system designed for everyone? That's kind of where I keep coming back to. Is our system designed mm -hmm. for everyone? And if the system is designed for everyone, then does it matter that they have this pre-existing condition? Or we could even, you know, in some cases, uh, get to it's designed for everyone, but it's even more important for people who are vulnerable, for people who mm -hmm. have these conditions. And so once we really back up, how is this going to come up and how does it fit into what we're talking about in the case, we can usually work the pre-existing condition or the sort of unlikable fact into how is our system designed and is it really designed to serve everyone? And I think it's a really powerful point because it appeals, again, it's sort of a moral principle, right? It appeals conservative, liberal, you know, young, old, and we all we all come in imperfect packages. We all come in packages that have pre-existing conditions. We all have made imperfect choices in our life. And I think if we can frame it that way, it can take the fear out of, yeah, but my client has this black mark at some point in their life. Well, and I think that's so brilliant, first of all. But it's also, it's what what the defense is saying is that we only can honor you know, what the law uh, uh, requires for people who are perfect and those people do not exist. So fantastic, fantastic. Love that answer. Cydia. So because you kind of straddle both worlds, the mindset, what we all do, but um, you tend to be a lot more in the mindset world in H2H and, and your own personal career you get a question quite often, which is how do I stop working weekends <laughs> and <laughs> evenings and, you know, 80 plus hours a week? How do you answer that question? I usually go with also a question, which I'm just realizing June and Jody do the same thing, right? And I will start off with what voice is making you 
is telling you that? What makes you think mm. you have to do that? Mm. And then we get into a conversation on saboteurs usually, and we start really exploring and digging down, uh, you know, well, that's what the first partner I worked for would always say to me, or, well, that's what it takes to be a good lawyer, or that's what it takes for me to manage all of these cases that I have. And so really it's, it's a mindset issue. And we start going down the mindset rabbit hole and figuring out, is that voice serving me? Is that value really my value? Or is it something that I think I should value? And usually at that point, once we identify who the saboteur is, my clients can be like, oh, I'm not talking to that saboteur anymore. Like, no, I'm good. This is the time that I've chosen to spend with my loved ones or with um, spending time with my self-care, whatever it is. It's really getting down to who's the saboteur and what are they telling you? Why are you listening to them? I, I, I always love when my first coaches said the way you can de determine whether it's a saboteur voice or a leader voice is by tone normally, especially at the beginning, when, once you start figuring out who your saboteur is and what they sound like, they change their voice because they're shapeshifters in my mind, because they're always trying to get you to not take risks, but they'll normally have a, you should be doing this. Why are you doing that? You know, it's, there's this tone to it. And I thought that was so helpful to identify that voice. And I love that you pointed out that we all ask questions. That's coaches training. Cause we have five coaches sitting here right now. And so I think that's also a difference in H2H is that we never come off as the people who have all the answers. I know that when I was the training you've been through with CTA, but also the training you've been through with me, one of the fears of all the people sitting here was what if I don't have the answer, right? When somebody comes into an H2H event and I told them and I said, you don't have to have the answer. In fact, very rarely will you have the answer. Your job is to partner with the person in the hot seat, the person in the consult and use your brilliance together to create what you're going to create. And that's so different, I think, than in other programs or other consultants that it's top down, right? They have the answers, you, you buy their, you buy their wisdom and they give it to you. Right. Here, of course, all of our, our coaches and consultants are very talented and very well um, trained, but and they're going to work with you. And so that you, you, we don't want to create a dependency model where you feel like I only ever asked my coaches and I never make a move without them. That's not what we want. We want you to feel confident after working with us, not because of working with us, if that makes any sense. I'm glad you pointed that out. City, you had another thing that people, um, and Jody can probably jump in on this too, and probably even June, is how do I deal with money when it comes to the opening mm -hmm. statement, right? Or wrong, especially wrongful death. So what, what are some of the ways that we've uh, handled that in the various H2H um, seats and classes? Yeah. I mean, there, there's so many ways. One of the things I do is go listen to the podcast and go listen to what's in the in the, the fundamentals course about it because I feel like you have so much of it there. But one of the other things that I add is usually, what do you know about your client? Like, how do you, you know, have you taken the time to get to know them? Have you been to their house? Uh, you're going to find those stories and you're going to figure out what that number is once you actually spend real time with your client. And that's, oh, great that's where I go. And I know there's other points. So I will open up the floor. Yeah. Jody, you, you particularly have taken on the wrongful death um, and money situation. Yeah. I mean, I think it comes back to, um, you know, your, your podcast, your wisdom, like you have to answer two questions in, in every case, which one, and the second question is how can money help? And mm -hmm. so in a wrongful death case, the, the bias or the fear is, well, the person's gone. So money won't do any good. And so you really have to connect what does the money mean in the context mm. of this case? Mm. 
And so, I mean, I've done a lot of healthcare cases and elder abuse cases, but now I've consulted on, you know, trucking accident cases and employment cases and product liability cases and premises cases. And so I'm seeing actually a much wider variety of plaintiffs. And so it takes some time. We take some time in our consult to say, what does this loss actually mean to this person? And it's not, it's not necessarily that they missed the anniversary and the birthday and walking down the aisle, although that is important. But it's really more of a, like a heart connection. Somehow you have to find like, how did this person add value just by virtue of the fact that they were living and in your life? Mm -hmm. um, and so that's come out in different ways with different clients. But most of the clients that I've worked with in these consults, it's, and I don't want this to come across critical, but it's sort of an afterthought. We as lawyers are so fixated on liability. Like that damages question comes pretty far down the verdict form. And if I don't get liability, who cares about damages, right? And mm -hmm. so we spend 90% of our time excavating and working on and discovering and investigating and hiring experts and putting together our plan, you know, for evidence on liability. And, and by the time we actually get to damages, we're like, oh, yeah, and of course, the death is valuable, you know, and we move on. And so I've really been working on and emphasizing like cases are about what cases are about. And if you make 90% of your case about liability and 10% of your cases about damages, um, don't be surprised when your verdict comes back small, because the attention Preach. you paid to it in your case, was small and that's true in voir dire and it's true in opening and it's true in the presentation yeah. of evidence and it's true in closing um so it's a little of both I'm, I'm piggybacking on Cydia. absolutely they need to find the actual heart connection in their case to their client and what was lost what value dignity um, relationship was lost but then you actually have to spend time developing it and use your trial time on that damages um, I, I love that because it's you know a dad who's not going to be able to walk their kid down the aisle is one thing, but when you make it about Joe and not just dads, right. And how he specifically had value, it, it changes the game. And that also reminds me of, you know, we always talk about what you focus on, you create, which is what you're speaking to. But also when we talk about what, if you're constantly focusing on the defense points, you're making a defense case. Mm. You're all, all you're doing is being on the offensive, I mean, on the defense defensive and about their stuff. And so then you make it their case. So it's such a great point. And we always trying to focus the case on what it really should be focused on. June, is there anything you want to add there before we go to Kevin? The only thing I'm going to add is that, you know, I heard this from a very wise mentor who said, money is energy, mm -hmm. you know? So if you don't get the money story in your own mind worked out, yes. you have a hard time because if that's money is energy and you're you know, doing your closing argument and you got that energy of lack or scarcity, that's what's going to be conveyed to the jury. So that's the mindset piece to the whole money aspect is, you know, look, money's just energy. So figure that stuff out within yourself first. Yep. And we've had a, a recent win for 120 million for wrongful death. It really, it's possible, but it's all because we come in with, well, wrongful death, they're not going to get money. Mm -hmm. We set the tone. Right there, we set the tone. So it's so true. I'm going to uh, ping on two things before we go to Kevin, which is one, Cydia, uh, Coach Cydia mentioned our H2H Fundamentals course. You can buy that on our website right now, but why would you when you get it in H2H Playground? So that's another benefit of your of your joining the playground. And and um, June mentioned um, how to get your money shit 
figured out. We've got a whole money training back there too. Also part of being in the playground. So just going to say, Kevin, so what are some things that coach, uh, your clients or people in the membership ask during your mindset events? Well, first, I mean, there, there's two that I've got that are really connected, but the first big one is how do I be more present in trial? Mm. And I get that a lot. And the first thing I ask is, well, how present are you in your personal life? Oh, yeah. And when I ask that question, sometimes I get, you know, they're the dad or the mom that's down on the floor with the kids. And when I'm home, I'm just, that's, that's my thing. But a lot of times I get, oh, well, you know, I'm always thinking about work. I'm always got this going on. Everything's rattling in my head. So it's so hard to get present. And I said, well, that's where you start. Start at home, start getting in deeper conversations. Because if you want to get in deep conversations with the juror, if you don't even know how to do it with your fucking wife, well, oh, man. there's a problem. Preach! Y'all are on <laughs> fire today. <laughs> so that's one. And then the other big one is like, how do I stop being so overwhelmed? And well, they're kind of related because if you're so overwhelmed and you're so caught up in fears and trying the other side's case, like you all talk about and all of that, then you're not actually going to just be present with that human being that's right in front of you. You're not going to be able to be present with this story that you want to inhabit, that you want to tell to this audience. You're going to have all that shit in your head. And if you're overwhelmed, well, that's going to be it. You're going to be just like that. So start with getting more present with your family, with, you know, breathing, meditation, yoga, that's all that other stuff that you can add in there. But really it's starting to get more present in your personal life. And then once you start getting more present in your personal life, you start thinking, wait a minute, what can I start cutting away at work? Because I want this more. I don't have enough of this. And it's because I have way too fucking much of that. So then we start working on that. And then next thing you know, they're, they're, they're starting to build the, 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 the practice of the dreams, the, the life of their dreams, because they're really focusing on what's most important to them and not just saying yes to every fucking thing that comes around the corner. What I think is so great too about what you're saying is that this is H2H <laughs> in a nutshell, right? We, people ask us a question and the question is really never the question, right? It's, it's, you know, how do we more present in core? It's like, we don't go, well, here's how here's the technique, right? Or how do I deal with money? Here's the technique. Or how do I, what do I ask? Well, here's the questions. It's what's actually going on beneath. And that is going to fix so many of the issues. We just had a, a time management training because we, we care about your life back here. Let me just say <clears throat> on Tuesday. And you know, the, the question that keeps coming up when I'm showing them all these things is I just, how, how can I do this? How can I make this happen for me? And what Kevin and I were talking about was like, you can't, if you do not have some bigger burning thing, you want this big, awesome, exciting life. Of course, you're not going to try to make this work because then it's just like shuffling around all the shit that you don't want to do anyway. Well, I guess mm -hmm. I could do that on Monday instead of Friday. That doesn't, that doesn't help. But when you have this big, juicy, awesome life, then you start really figuring out how am I going to make that happen? Because it's so present and resonant in your life. So we want well, to have putting lives. what's most important first. So many that's times right. you do it backwards. You got to get your, what really is your most important stuff, your values, your dream. And I know it might sound totally fucking woo woo, but it's the truth. If you don't know exactly what you truly want, how the fuck are you going to be able to do anything else? Absolutely. I mean, I ended that training on Tuesday with a question of people go, well, how do I know if I'm doing it right? Are you enjoying your life? Yeah. Yes, you're doing it right. No, 
You're doing it wrong. Yeah. How much do you love your life? How much do you love your practice? That's right. And most being in trial. Most people listening to this would say not that much. And we want to change that. Now, having heard from all of our coaches, can, can you imagine getting training with these people every single month? And not only that, you get a whole community that is going to have your back. You can post questions and these Four people will come in and answer them night and day. They'll be on vacation. I don't require this, by the way. They'll be on vacation and they'll be in there answering questions. Why? Because H2H is a charging station of sorts, even for our coaches, right? It's a place where people come to get energized and support and accountability. It's, it's, it's unlike anything that you have ever experienced. So not only are you going to get all the live events, which are all recorded, by the way, you're going to get this community that you can ask questions night or day and actual trained coaches are going to jump in and answer your questions, not to mention other H2H members. So yeah, we're going to end with- that's yeah, right well, and, yeah. and sorry will actually answer your questions in the facebook yes. community it's i just true, posted true. a fear and i did a poll in there because i have a case that's going to trial in april and the main engagement i have is from sorry fucking delamont like hello <laughs> <laughs> love it so i'm going to end uh with having everyone, all of you say uh why somebody should join the playground just a couple sentences on, on what you think somebody should join the playground. And I won't call on you, just whoever's ready, you go first. Level up, level up your life, level up, it's yeah. time. Yeah, level up. I would just say, why not? I mean, some might say, I can't afford to. My question is, or what I would say is, well, you can't afford not to join. That's right, so that's right. If you want to change your life, here we are. Yep, yep. I will say that lawyering is a skill set, not an identity, and you can learn how to actually do that in our membership. And form your actual identity outside of trial lawyering. So important. Yeah. 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 And the biggest one is when people say, well, I can't do that. I don't have enough time. Well, you know what? You getting coaching, you getting this training within here, you getting this community, all kinds of fucking time is going to open up for you. That's right. You, it's necessity to come here if you don't feel like you have enough time, because you're going to find all kinds of time in this community. That's right. That's right. Because so much of your problems are going to be solved with this. That's right. And you won't be spending as much time on the research and the focus groups and all the things, Mm -hmm. because you'll have so much of that here. If you want to register, go to uh, sorryswears.com forward slash play, play for the playground. You can register now. We are only open for a couple more days and then we don't open again until September. So come in and play with us. We want you to play. We have a lot of fun back there in addition to learning a bunch of great shit. Well, thank you to all of our HH faculty for being here today. They're also ready and uh, wanting to welcome you into the playground. You can start right away. So join and we'll be here for you. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, thank you. H2H Playground is officially open, but only until February 1st. This is where you get to become the lawyer you dream of being. Access to H2H Playground includes the H2H Fundamentals Masterclass, where I teach my proven method for voir dire, opening and closing step by step. 
Plus, you have access to monthly live training with me and our amazing team of coaches. Plus, you'll get your mindset right and have countless opportunities to practice your skills in a safe environment before trying them on the actual jury. Go to sorryswears.com forward slash play. Sorryswears.com forward slash P-L-A-Y to get all the deets and enroll before the launch bonuses expire. This is the only online working group where you can learn and practice the trial skills that will help you become the attorney you were born to be. Get your ass in there.